Hey, Ryan. Hey, man. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> There's just never any good way to start this. No, there isn't. I, I feel like even in like 200 episodes, we're still not going to know yeah. how to start it. Um, you're listening to the OFM podcast. Hey, guys. Uh, so there's a podcast uh, where we look at stories where someone somewhere has said fuck. Um, and this week, we're going to take a look at the assassination of uh, the 35th president of the United States of America, John F. Kennedy. The big one. The big one. The OFM. The OFM. The OFM. Mark has a little wiener. Have you ever dressed the wiener up? Yeah. Who writes this stuff? Are you guys lost like I am? It's like some intern at NBC News Channel writes this crap. Something is wrong here. The study's being published today in the Annals of Neurology. Illegal butt injections. I am never going back in the water. Stuff summer. Um, so, I mean, last week we... Oh, actually, before we get into that, we're on the fucking internet. You! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, so people have actually listened to us, which is uh, interesting. Um, Except cause... that other Tom Hutchins guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Yeah. Mm. Just criticism. Yeah, I mean, feedback's lovely. Um, but, you know, just brutality is, is, is... I mean, honesty is sometimes a bit too brutal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, bring it on. So what we want is um, we want feedback from people, um, but only the nice stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want, we want to be built up as kings in our own minds yeah. and live in our yeah. mind palaces. Yeah. Well, that way we've got confidence. And when we bring confidence to the podcast, uh, yeah. you know, dear listeners get just get good, good content. That's right. Um, no, but seriously, uh, yeah, we've... I mean, you know, it's only a little show and we've had, I think, um, I think, actually, I'm not going to put stats out because people laugh at how low it is, but we've had enough that I've been impressed by how many people Tens are listening to it. Tens of people. Tens of people have listened to this podcast. Um, but yeah, so this is the first recording we've done since uh, we're up on uh, on iTunes for you Apple users and Pocket Casts for yeah. uh, non-Apple people. I have a, a friend of mine actually who's trying to use an alternative app, so I might need to... Uh... Shout out to uh, Brad. Yep. All right. Uh, try to get this sorted. All right. Well, actually, if uh, if people want to get in touch uh, with us personally or um, via the podcast email, which is ofmpodcast at gmail.com, yes. um, I don't know how they would be able to hear what I've just said. <laughs> You're right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they can't listen to it. But what I was going to say is... It's right. You... The number of people that we know, probably word of mouth at this point, uh, yeah. <laughs> we could just get in personal contact with you. Exactly. Um, well, I was going to say if uh, if if there's any other pocket, yep. oh, sorry, other podcasting services that you want to hear the OFM podcast on, um, let, let us, us know, know and we'll put it up. But for now, Pocket Casts and iTunes. Um, where was I? Uh, JFK. JFK. Yeah, um, I was pretty pretty impressed with my naming of this episode. Um, usually, I name them after the fact, but uh, as yeah, I was putting one. the recording together, uh, JFK. Yeah. It's uh it's a story that I've always been pretty interested in. Um I mean it's got no bearing on my life whatsoever well before our time. Um Although it's so deep the conspiracy or or the implications of it maybe the world we live in is a direct result of the assassination of that's JFK. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's there's so many theories that go into it. I think that's why it's such an interesting yeah. um an interesting event because there's so many people out there. Um and I mean there's there's like television shows, there's um, you know, a lot of lot of news articles and all that kind of thing about you know what would a what would a world look like if JFK hadn't have been assassinated um, yeah. in 1963. Can I can I quickly go through just a quick like Im- stats of importance? Oh, okay. just, please yeah, do. So so like there's been thousands of books, mm-hmm. like, literally thousands of books written about this assassination, mm-hmm. and in 2003. 
A Gallup poll found that 75% of Americans do not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. There so, you go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that a majority of US citizens think that... Yeah, and I mean, what, uh, we're... Oh, God, I'm going to have to do a very quick maths here. 55-ish plus years on. Yeah. yeah. Ish? 63? Anyway, you do the math. Um, you know, like, so many, so many years after the fact, and it's something that we're still talking about and there's still so much media about it i mean there's that um that uh tv series um 11 yes. which is on stan if you're listening from australia and i believe it's a showtime show um yep. from the states um with uh james uh, franco that thank you james franco i've only watched the first episode have you yeah. watched any yeah i've watched the first episode yeah. as well it's, yeah, it's got potential it's got potential i, yeah, I need based to off a stephen king yeah. novel so i and felt very stephen good. king yeah um, not in a bad way, but I um, I definitely want to jump into that. But I mean, the the first episode was pretty much like, pretty much what we just said. Then it's like, what would what would an, uh, a world look like if JFK hadn't have been assassinated? That's right. Um, I do like my time travel uh, yes. media as well, so yes. I probably should delve into that a little bit further. Next, um, next yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe by next episode we'll have listened uh, have watched it all. Um, well, actually, no, we're recording back to back, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, this is something that I've always been interested in. And I guess this is kind of, um, what the idea for the podcast is, the OFM podcast is kind of just stories that have always piqued our interest. Um, and they're such like, they have such cultural cachet, mm. to use that word. It's so kind of ingrained in, in culture yeah. across, you know, not just the United States, but all over the world Yeah, that, you yeah, know, like, like we're, we're doing the, uh, the, uh, digging through the mud and everything for yeah. you just to actually find out you know like you have this conception JFK assassination but I don't know many people that have you know it's kind of just there and yeah, yeah. really gone into people don't what. delve into it I mean especially like I mean we're, we're two sort of mid-twenties guys from Australia like it's it'll, again it has no bearing yeah. in our life but we're sitting here talking about it and it, yeah it's, 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 it's I mean you've for one, watch the Zapruder footage today for yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, I mean, for anyone who's watched that, they know um, how fascinating, but also how sort of it's a, such brutal piece of footage, which we'll talk about a lot more in detail yeah. um, in the coming minutes. But I mean, like, I remember even as not, I won't say a kid, but you know, mid-teens, I I was pretty interested in that footage, and I will admit that I probably watched it a few too many times for it to, for it to have been. <laughs> just curiosity yeah 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 um, but it's it's fascinating footage like it's I haven't watched it doing this research again because it's like it, you know it's pretty pretty intense yeah um yeah, but yeah no, I think is. I think what is interesting about this I'm gonna call it a case I know it's not a case but you know what I mean this this story um is is one how public it was uh and two mm. just how um how it unfolded and three sort of the aftermath of it from I guess like a worldwide perspective. I mean, America in the the sixties or you know, sort of like post World War Two up until you know the the mid eighties were sort of the global superpower. They still are, but not not so much with globalization. Right. And it was such a a thing that kind of shook America to the core that mm. it just obviously has you know that that flow on effect to the rest of the world. That's um, right. Yeah, and and I guess like JFK you know one of like he's like a media darling kind of thing at the mm. time like such a famous president yeah was he i'm going to show my ignorance here a bit um see the one where there was like famously he had a debate with a was it um another president and 
you know, he was it I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Nixon here. I'm really doing a Hail Mary here, I think. <laughs> Doing uh, a hail mary, uh, yeah, uh, but, but Kennedy Nixon, Kennedy Nixon debate where yeah. you know he his uh, appearance on television compared to Nixon's who was sweating mm. um, really kind of cemented that whole kind of media image. Yeah, uh, uh, the kind of poster boy for like you yeah. know, American politics, or, exactly. You know, especially, uh, I believe he was on the uh, left side of the uh, the spectrum. Yeah, the which, Democratic, Democratic, yeah, Democratic yeah. president. Yeah. Um, and so you know for. Like it's just got this mythos of like, mm. you know, all on everything's on television. It's yeah. just you know, and I guess this is the time where like television's <laughs> relatively new. Still, it's in its early stages. Um, so this is sixty three. So television's sort of yeah. early fifties, mainstream, late fifties. Yeah. Um, so for it to be on TV, yeah, it's just... yeah, and for stuff to play out live on TV, for instance, what we'll we'll get into, but you know, the Jack Ruby shooting. Um, yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald was that was streamed live into millions of homes. Yeah, and, you right. know, like that's an assassination, like streamed to people's people's houses, and that's something that um, now is kind of strangely normalized, especially with the internet. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the time, it's like that's it's so shocking. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, we want to get through. Yeah, the- let's let's get into it. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, um, I guess, the a bit of a play by play of the assassination uh then we're going to talk about sort of a few things surrounding it and then as as with uh we <laughs> the, the the previous episode lizard peeps um which has actually got a really good <laughs> reception from a few people <laughs> most of the comments that uh i've gotten um about this podcast because we put up the first three episodes at the same time was about the lizard peeps episode um <laughs> where we tried to delve into uh yeah the theory that uh, everyone everyone is a lizard i wonder if jfk was did we talk about that I uh, surely was, he was, numbers, surely he was yeah, a lizard. Yeah. yeah, he was king lizard. Yeah, his king lizard. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to get into uh, the the wider sort of I guess conspiracy theories surrounding um, JFK's assassination mm-hmm. because there are many. Yeah. Um, so uh, at twelve thirty p.m. Central Time uh, in the U.S., uh, President Kennedy, uh, President Kennedy's uncovered 1961 Lincoln Continental four-door convertible limousine entered uh, Dealey Plaza uh, in Dallas, Texas. Um, apparently, uh, Nellie Connolly, um, then the first lady of Texas, turned around to the president uh, uh, who was sitting behind her and commented, Mr. President, you can't see Dallas doesn't love you uh, because there was huge amounts yep. of crowds and he was sort of just doing the, the shaking hands and kissing babies tour. Um, which, drive by baby kissing, <laughs> uh, which uh, President Kennedy acknowledged uh, as saying, "No, you certainly can't." And they were the uh, the last words ever spoken by uh, JFK. Um, so, from Houston Street, the presidential limousine made the planned left turn onto Elm Street. Love that it's Elm Street. I know. I was when I first saw that. I said, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Yeah. Is there like subtext to Nightmare on Elm yeah, Street? Yeah. Is that I mean, a conspiracy? Yeah. Well, I mean, I. It's something I've never actually looked into. Obviously, the film came a lot later. Yeah. I, I wonder if the I, writer just went... Mm, stuff it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, that, that could work. Um, maybe drawing a longbow here. Yeah. <laughs> um, allowing it to access the Stemmons Freeway exit. As it turned onto Elm Street, the motorcade passed the Texas School Book Depository. Shots were fired at President Kennedy as they continued down Elm Street, uh, and about 80% of the witnesses recalled hearing three shots, which will come into play in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, 80% of those witnesses recalled hearing three shots. 
Um, uh, a minority of the witnesses recognized the first gunshot they heard as weapon fire, but there was hardly any reaction to the first shot uh, from a majority of people in the crowd uh, and those riding in the motorcade because many later said uh, that what they thought what they heard first was thought to be a firecracker or a vehicle Back. exhaust backfire. Yeah, right. Which I mean, at the time, sort of that era of car backfired loudly yeah, yeah. like that as a commonplace thing. Oh, he's thing. slumping down. That, yeah, firecrackers yeah. make people kind of slump down. Oh, wait, that's his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, within one second of each other, uh, Kennedy, Governor Connolly, um, the governor of Texas, who was riding in the vehicle with them, um, and Kennedy's wife, Mrs. Jackie Kennedy, uh, all turned abruptly from looking to their left to looking to their right. Uh, so between, between Zapruder film frames 155 and 169, uh, now Zapruder, um, we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, but that's who we mentioned <laughs> yep. before is, you know, the famous sort of home footage of the event. I yep. mean, there was there was television cameras capturing it, but the Zapruder film is said to be, I guess, the clearest and most... Um, I guess concise, uh, yeah, in capturing of the the events. Yeah. Um. Uh. Sorry, let me recap there. Between Zapruder film frames one fifty five and one sixty nine, um, that was when they turned, looking from the left to the right. So Connolly, um, like the present of like the pre- sorry, fuck backtrack. <laughs> so, uh, the governor Connolly, uh, along with the president, were both World War Two military veterans. Uh, and unlike the president, he was a long-time hunter. He testified he immediately recognised the sound of a high-powered rifle uh, and then turned his head and torso rightward, uh, uh, attempting to see President Kennedy behind him. The Governor Connolly testified that he could not see the president, so then he started to turn forward again, turning from his right to his left. Connolly testified that when his head was facing about 20 degrees left of centre, he was hit in the upper right back by a bullet. He did not hear fired. The doctor who operated on Connolly measured his head at the time, uh, and he uh, at the time he was hit, uh, and it was turned twenty-seven degrees to left of centre. So, it's safe to say that he, you know, was pretty. He was saying, "Oh, I turned my head twenty degrees," and it was said that how would he actually he turned twenty-seven degrees? So he was pretty damn close. How did the doctor? Unless I misread it, how did the doctor measure twenty-seven degrees? I think said? I think it's the way the bullet entered and where the oh, so film shows him sitting. Yeah, but yeah. Basically, what I what I read into that was that this is a man who. Uh, is very perceptive uh, and he's you know, when when he says you know like I only heard one shot from a high powered rifle yeah it's not that he didn't he wasn't reading the situation because he then knew that he turned his head 20 degrees to the left like you know like, yeah. that's what I read from that anyway sounds suspicious um, <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> one <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, and then he shouted oh no uh, my god they're gonna kill us all uh, apparently uh, again, Zapruder was the the film was a silent film, so there's obviously it was on a we'll get into it, but it's a little handy cam. Yep. Um, Mrs. Connolly testified that just after hearing a loud, frightening noise that came from somewhere behind her and to her right, she t- turned towards President Kennedy and saw him with his arms and elbows raised high, with his hands in front of his face and throat. She then heard another gunshot and then Governor Connolly ye- Connolly yelling. Uh, Mrs. Connolly then turned away from President Kennedy towards her husband, at which point another gunshot sounded, and she and the limousine's rear interior were covered with fragments of skull, blood, and brain. Yeah, that was that was the it, most cooked thing. Like, yeah, and, and not so only grisly. like that car, like the car behind apparently was mm. covered with the blood. Yeah, and pieces of brain. Yeah, and car it's, behind, and like you look at the film, and the car's not like tailgating the other. No, car. no, no. It's and like a bit of speed, but like. Yeah, but oof. I mean, it's just like. That's how I guess how highly powered that rifle yeah, was. Yeah. That that 
um, just you know, struck him. Like, him. yeah, it's it's pretty pretty full on. Um, so according to the Warren Commission uh, and the House Select Committee on Assassinations, so the Warren Commission, um, which yep. we'll get into in a minute, uh, is uh, basically was set up by um, LBJ, who came into power after Kennedy was assassinated, yep. um, like 10 days after, basically to investigate it. It was just the government-backed investigation, yep. um, which was done by a guy named Warren, uh, and therefore it's the Warren Commission. Um uh, da, 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 da. According to them, uh, President Kenny, as President Kenny waved to the crowd on his right, with his right arm raised up um, uh, on the side of the limo, the shot entered his upper back, penetrated his neck, slightly damaged a spinal vertebra at the top of his right lung, and exited his throat nearly centerline, just beneath his larynx, uh, nicking the left side of his suit tie, uh, like the knot. Um, he raised his elbows and clenched his fists uh, in front of his face and neck and then leaned forward and left. Mrs. Kennedy facing him and then put her arms around him in concern. So this is kind of going Fair back shot. to... Yeah. yeah, and back to when people thought, oh, it was just a... You know, something was backfiring. Because yeah. he's... I mean, you can't see what I'm doing now, listeners, but I mean, I'm, I'm standing there waving and then you put your arm down and kind of put it to your, yeah. to your throat. Like, it's not a huge movement. Like, and he, yeah. It's just someone's going oh maybe he's just like his chest hurts or yeah. something you know? and he's kind of like on the film he's kind of leaning forward a yeah, bit it's not because really... the shot entered his back and came out his throat um yeah. there's that... it's like it's i guess it's, a, it's all clothed as well so like for that sort of split second people just think he's sitting down mm. um uh so governor colony uh, Connolly, i always <laughs> yeah words uh <laughs> shouldn't be doing a podcast where i speak right <laughs> just going to do a silent podcast from now on uh governor Connolly also reacted after the same bullet penetrated uh his back just below his right armpit so it's the same bullet uh creating an oval entry wound wound impacted uh and destroyed four inches of his right fifth rib exited his chest just below his right nipple creating a two and a half inch oval sucking yeah oval sucking air chest wound so just like the exit wound was just not 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 good yeah uh Entered his arm just above the right wrist, cleanly shattered his right radius bone into eight pieces, exited just below the wrist and the inner side of his right palm, and finally lodged in his left inner thigh. The Warren Commission theorized that the single bullet, uh, which we'll talk about, struck somewhere between Zapruder frames 210 and 225, while the House Select Committee theorized that it struck exactly at Zapruder frame 190. So you can already see that the two commissions set up to investigate this are not fully agreeing. Yeah, so the House Select Committee is set up, I assume, by, like, the House, mm-hmm. of, by definition kind of thing. So they're not necessarily a government-sanctioned, like, commission. I, d- I didn't really look not, much not... into it, but they, they kind of came to different conclusions, yes. and they're not necessarily, like, They're the not official... backed by the same people. Yeah, right. So the Warren Commission is backed directly by the presidential office. Yeah. Uh, so LBJ, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, the the House Committee um, is more of like a parliamentary uh, commission, I believe. Right. Um, so according to the Warren Commission, a second shot um, struck the president uh, as a Prudhoe film frame three thirteen. Uh, the commission made no conclusion as to whether this was the second or third bullet fired. The presidential limousine was then passing in front of the John Neely Bryan North Pergola uh, concrete structure. Each body concluded, uh, so both the Warren Commission and the uh, House uh, Commission, each body concluded that the second shot to hit the president entered the rear of his head. Um, the House uh, the House uh, Committee 
placed it four inches higher than the Warren Commission. So again, like they're saying the same things, but they're saying slightly different things. For, wait, so they so they, they ha- disagreed on where the bullet entered. Yes, Would they uh, both well, have I mean, access that, to autopsies. Well, that's how much damage was done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To true. the skull, that it was. It's hard to to say, but basically, yeah. the House Commission uh, are saying that the entry wound was slightly higher than the Warren Commission is saying, which. Uh, I, I don't know what that means. You know, it's just saying that... Ergo, lizard people did it. Yes, exactly. Four inches. Four inches. That's all it takes. Uh, that's the size... Uh, the, the, I don't know. I was going to say the size of the hole that lizard people get into the brain. Yeah. It's all lizard people. Yeah. I think for the rest of this podcast, everything it's is going to come say. back to lizard people. Yep. Uh, We're riding a wave of popular support. We've yeah. got to delete some out of lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> people I've got love to, that. I've got to keep people interested, right? <laughs> um, uh... Uh, so uh, struck him in the right rear of his head passing in fragments through his head created a large roughly ovular hole uh, in the rear right side the president's blood and fragments of his scalp brain and skull landed on the interior of the car the inner and outer surfaces of the front glass windshield and raised sun visors the front engine hood of the car the rear trunk lid the follow up secret service car which is what you were saying before uh, and its driver's left arm and the motorcycle officers riding on both sides of the president behind him that's a mess it is messy real messy like I yeah that 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 just what a horrific thing to be like a part of like you're just cruising and then there's skull um United States Secret Service Special Agent Clint Hill was riding in the left front running board of the follow-up car, so it's hanging off the side, um, which was immediately behind the presidential limousine. Hill testified that he heard one shot, then as documented in the film, uh, and sorry, the other films, and concurrent with Zapruder frame 308, he jumped off into Elm Street and ran forward to try and get uh, on the limousine and protect the president. Uh, Hill testified to the Warren Commission that after he jumped into Elm Street, he heard two more shots. So now we're starting to get differing opinions on mm-hmm. how many shots mm-hmm. were heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's heard three. Uh, after the president had been shot in the head, Mrs. Kennedy began to climb onto the back of the limousine, which you can see in the, the film, which is, I for me, that's personally the most um, distressing part of the film. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and she can't even recall yeah. kind of yeah. doing it. Yeah. With, yeah, which is my next my next line. Yeah, she has no later recollection of doing so. Um, but which, you Hill, know, under stress. You would, oh, of course, yeah. of course. Um, but Hill, so the special agent, um, Hill, who you can see climbing into the back of the car in that frame where you see Jackie sort of leaning over the back, um, he believed that she was reaching for something, perhaps a piece of the president's skull, um, which was on the back of the car. Ooh. Because, and I mean, we were talking about this earlier, it's like she's in this intense uh, moment of shock and she goes oh that's a piece of skull he needs that you know yeah. like I'll, I'll get it for him because yeah. he needs his head right. but like it's th- just that that moment of panic it's like oh, yeah um yeah people act in like, amazing ways under stress yeah like it's nuts um so he jumped back onto the back of the limousine uh, while at the same time Miss Kennedy returned to her seat and he clung to the car as it exited, exited Dealey Plaza and accelerated speeding to Parkland Memorial Hospital after Mrs. Kennedy crawled back into her limousine seat, both Governor Connolly and Mrs. Connolly heard her say more than once, they've killed my husband and I have his brains in my hand. In a long redacted interview for Life magazine days later, Mrs. Kennedy recalled, all the ride to the hospital, I kept bending over him saying, Jack, Jack, can you hear me? I love you, Jack. I kept holding the top of his head down, trying to keep the... And then the president's widow... Sorry, that's the end of the quote. Uh, and the president's widow, widow was not able to finish her sentence because like... Yeah, because I guess the end of that sentence is trying to hold his fucking brain in his head. Like yeah. it's it's so messy. It's ridiculous. 
So that's a play-by-play. Yeah. Uh, and that's all within a split second. And Yeah, that's right. And meanwhile, even the Texan governor who'd been shot, just kind of like his wife was holding him onto her lap. And mm. that doctors kind of later suggested was one of the reasons he was able to survive because his like sucking air wound was sealed off. Yep. Um, so he's, you know, having a bit of a bad time. Yeah, yeah, that, oh, that's the other thing. I mean, he's got a hole in his chest yeah. and, like, lung. Like, it's... Yeah. And, I mean, like, this... Um, this So there's a Pruder film, which they reference as, you know, frame-wise, because there's obviously no time code. So time code is on most modern cameras, especially, like, you know, cinema cameras and um, video cameras and stuff like that. Basically, time code is a play-by-play, like, running clock that is your... It's usually done like at a universal time, so like uh, mm-hmm. at the time of day that it currently is, and it's um, hours, minutes, seconds, and then frames. And if you're recording in say 25 frames per second, then you know uh, the second counts over, so you go one second, and then you count up 25 frames, and then it mm-hmm. goes two second, and then count up 25 frames. Um, so there's no time code on this, so that's why they keep referring to it as the frame, like the Zapruto right frame. Okay. Because they don't have a specific, yeah, they don't have a time code reference to be like this happened at uh, twelve thirty and thirty seconds and four frames. It's like this happened in this frame because uh, so basically it was that uh, the total of uh, Zapruder's film is twenty twenty six point six seconds, exposing four hundred eighty six frames of standard eight millimeter Kodachrome two safety film, mm-hmm. uh, which was running at eighteen point three frames per second. So standard cinema in Australia is 25 frames per second in America it's a combination of 23.97 frames per second for television uh, or that'd be right uh, ish, uh, 24 frames per second also for television then for film it's 29.97 or 30 frames per second as mm-hmm. a standard I know that because I'm a filmmaker and I work in camera <laughs> I'm not just like <laughs> yeah, you did your research yeah, yeah I know I really researched this so 18.3 frames per second uh, I mean, this is an old camera and you get that old-timey kind of Super 8. I mean, mm. it's 8mm mm-hmm. film, so it's Super 8 camera um, where things look a little bit disjointed. Like, um, it doesn't flow. So the, the reason why we use 25 frames or 23.97 or 29.97 or whatever it is is because that's what looks um, to the human eye as close to what the human eye sees. Um in terms of motion blur and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm trying to get to is that uh, even though they refer to these frames as like, this is when it happened, blah, 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 it's still only 18.3 frames per second. So therefore it's not actually like a full second's worth of footage if you're thinking about mm. a modern recording. Just something to think about. Yeah. And and that was, like one of the criticisms, one of the conspiracy theories, which we can probably get into, had to do with the fact that the Zapruder footage might have been tendered or made a hoax yeah, because I was, I was of gonna the jerkiness you, yeah. of the camera, which was easily, I guess, like, torn down or, like, you know, disproved by... or mm. well, not disproved, but, you know, like, not supported by the yeah. fact that the footage by its nature is... Yeah, and I mean, hand, it's handheld Super 8 footage. Yeah, what and, are you expecting? Like, yeah, that's exactly Drone it. footage that like, zooms in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slow-mo. 8K Ultra <laughs> HD. HD. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, raw, raw, uncompressed, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, red footage. Um, so, so right. So, so the president was what taken to hospital where mm-hmm. he was declared dead. Yeah. Um, and then taken for an autopsy at a mm-hmm. second location. Right. See, and, now uh, that's something I did, did. You get into that? Only a little bit, but I know that this is where a lot of the conspiracies kind of start to mm-hmm. really, really grab ahead. hold, mm. just because in transit. Um, 
there are multiple things that people allege could have happened, mm-hmm. um, which we can get into eventually. But yeah, so essentially he was taken to a hospital and, and declared dead. Yeah. Um, you know, I can imagine that I can... would have been a pretty quick call. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, taken to a hospital in Bethesda, um, where he was, yeah, where yeah. the autopsy was was performed. Um, but yeah, I can go through. Yeah, let's go and go into that now. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna go through just finishing off capture, like finding Lee Harvey Oswald. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the scene there was a steam fitter, Howard Brennan, who mm-hmm. reported to police that he had heard shots come from above him in front of the Texas Book Depository. Yeah. Uh, school book depository building. Um, so and this this also I don't know if you're going to get into this in a minute, but I mean we may as well touch on it now. So uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, who we'll get into it, was he was convicted for yes killing right. um, the president. Uh, he worked at the yep. Texas School Book Depository. Yep. He was an yep. employee there, right? Um, and yeah, so so this guy Brennan looked up to see a rifleman in the corner window of the sixth floor mm-hmm. and make it take another shot. Um, so it's a seven floor building, so the second floor from the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, he saw he saw this guy take a shot and perhaps wait a second to make sure he'd hit, which is kind of like a chilling thing to, to see. Just this guy seems pretty clinical. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, from from that testimony, it sounds very much marksman shit. Like it's, exactly. it's like that's. I mean, I, I I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I've watched enough like. Uh, daytime <laughs> TV about uh, like uh, military training and stuff like that to kind of and I've you know, played enough Call of Duty to, yeah, to yeah. know that there is a there is a way that you take a shot with a sniper or a rifle you know yeah. like and, and that sounds very convincingly like someone knew what they were doing that's right yeah. that's right um, and so uh, as as Brennan was talking to police so he immediately reported it um, that he was he was joined and the police were joined by two guys Harold Norman and James Jarman Jr who were also employees of the, the Texas School Book Depository. Um, and they'd watched the motorcade from the windows at the southeast corner of the fifth floor. And they reported hearing gunshots from directly above their heads, three gunshots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they, also, they were on the fifth floor. Yeah, they were They below. said directly above their heads, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they heard the sound of bolt-action rifle and cartridges dropping on the floor above them, so they were directly yeah. below. So it's three people corroborating. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and then, so um, some indeterminate amount of time later a police officer a few miles away pulled over after receiving reports so this was put out within like 10 minutes um given that they had a kind of rough description from this brennan guy of what the guy mm-hmm. the shooter looked like yeah oh is this Tippett? is that you yeah that's about? right yep. yeah so a police officer had received like uh, an account from from radio and was looking out on patrol mm-hmm. a few minutes away or a few miles away sorry from from the site and he saw a guy walking along the street and he pulled him over to his patrol car and had a chat to him. When he got out of the car, um, this guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, shot him four times and mm-hmm. killed him. And then he slinked off somewhere else and eventually was seen by a store owner mm. uh, hiding in the alcove of his building and then yep. go off and slip into the Texas theatre mm-hmm. where he was, where police were called and now, he was he didn't arrested. He didn't have um, the rifle with him. No, no, I think it was a handgun that he had. Because yeah, that's right. I think they found the rifle up on the sixth floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, of the school, the Texas school yeah, depository. Right. And so, um, yeah, yeah, so he was arrested um, and then kind of charged and mm. well, put on trial. Well, the and that's the next part because, I mean, Oswald's case never goes to trial because uh, the ne- oh, two days later, uh, while being escorted uh, to car from the transfer, sorry, to be transferred from Dallas Police Headquarters to the Dallas County Jail, um, he was just accosted by this guy Jack Ruby um, who was a local nightclub owner who was just incensed by 
what he had done and you know the death of JFK um, and also I mean I'm not going to get too far into it but I think I think old Jack Ruby had a few um, few screws rattling around uh, yep. he was he was not you know not I don't know I, I don't know too much about it but from what I can gather he wasn't sort of super sane Super uh, Saiyan. Super Saiyan. <laughs> he um and right like and he so, was yeah, also so saying he, sh- he shoots him and, and kills him yeah. live on television, on television as well right yeah. and he was saying also like he figured that Jackie Kennedy shouldn't have to go back to um trial that's it yeah yeah, yeah. and have to recount what she'd seen which I guess um good on him on one on one hand you kind of applaud people like that and you say fuck yeah like yeah that that that's someone who shouldn't you know. I, I agree. I agree to a point, but then on the, <laughs> but then, on the other hand, you um, go, "Well, fuck." There's no justice there's in that. A, yeah, that's right. Um, we don't know the full story. Um, a lot of it is now hearsay. Um, given that Oswald has a relatively interesting background, which we'll get into because there's some theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just kind of I don't know. It's just it's like there's no closure on it mm-hmm. so but anyway uh, so Jack Ruby dies um, he ends up being arrested obviously um, because he was right there um, anyway he he later dies in prison I think from a, a heart attack or a cancer or something like that so it's kind of the end of Jack there um, but yeah yeah so so what sort of happens after that what's the aftermath uh, so they set up uh, well, so Lyndon Johnson is mm-hmm. the vice president at the time. Yeah, and doesn't um, he, he gets sworn in on Air Force One like two right. hours later or something? That's right. So yeah. he becomes president and announces, yeah. I'm not sure how long after, but the Warren Commission to look into the assassination. So the assassination of JFK is uh, November 11... Sorry, November 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 11-22-63. Yeah, so November 22, and the Warren Commission is announced on the 29th. So it's pretty close. It's a week and a day later, I think. Yeah. Right. A week and a day? Yeah. Um, do you want to go into a bit of Lee Harvey Oswald's background? Yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean, because that's one of the one of the main theories that have come out. I mean, at, at the time, this is sort of Cold War era. There's very um, short relationships between the Soviet Union and America, um, especially after the whole Bay of Pigs um, uh, Cuba fiasco, which we touched on in our first yep. episode um, yep. to a point. Uh, and so then people start looking at the background of this Oswald guy. And yeah, do you want to jump into that? Yeah, sure. So. Um, so Lee, there's a lot of like background material here to cover, but mm. yeah, it's such a big thing, I guess. Um, so Lee Harvey Oswald, he was a he was a former U.S. Marine who in '59 uh, defected to the Soviet Union, and he lived in Minsk, yeah. um, in Belarus. Um, and so in 1962, he returned with a Russian wife and lived in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kind of from the outset had this shady mm. or you know seen to be shady links with the Soviet Union yeah. and that formed a large kind of part of his um, formed a basis I guess of conspiracy theories yeah. that there was and some... I believe he um, he he was an admitted Marxist to the US government like he said to them he's like you know I'm yeah that's my jam like that's yeah. why I'm going over to Russia yeah um, and but then they let him back so I, I don't know and he'd had previous form with attempted assassinations because like hmm. prior to um the kennedy assassinations he um attempted to assassinate uh, general edwin walker um who was a retired u.s major um and he fired at, at this walker guy from less than 100 feet away um in, in from from walker's home um and why was it that he 
What was he doing? Uh, this Walker guy was uh, like an anti-communist um, and member of this right-wing John Birch Society, which is like this pretty conservative like mm-hmm. membership. Um, and he had been um, relieved of his command in West Germany for distributing like right-wing propaganda. Oh, really? To yeah, to to his troops. Um, and he was against racial integration. Um, so you know, bang up guy. Yeah, that's right. And so you know. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. No, it's <laughs> so, so, no, so no, it was it's... the assassination attempt. It was obviously an, was an attempt. It that's wasn't right. Successful. Um, but they they couldn't draw. So, so it was unsuccessful. But he, um, no, no, uh, no suspects were found. So, so Oswald obviously wasn't caught. But yeah. like immediately after um, Kennedy's assassination, there was suspicion that they he was involved. Straight up knew kind of who they were looking for. Yeah, that's right. Or had a, yeah had an idea of who they were looking for. Yeah, that's mm. right. Um, so, um, when Oswald returned to uh, the US, he became friends with this guy, uh, George de Morenschild. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his Let's name. Let's say Moren- you nailed it. Morenschild, yeah. Yeah. Um, who was an emigre from... Where was he? Where was he? Uh, emigre from? I missed this bit. Uh, from, from Europe. Let's go Russia. And we'll go with Europe, yeah. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, he was a petroleum geologist and kind of um, was seen in some conspiracy theories to be like a CIA controller mm. of uh, Oswald. And he, he later he later went on to work for the Diamond Salt Mining Company uh, yeah. and uh, drilled in Lake Peña. That's right. Uh, shout out to those who've listened to episode uh, <laughs> two of the OFM podcast. That's right. Um, but what I found interesting was that he was being investigated by the CIA mm-hmm. uh, or by the FBI and he yep. wrote to his friend, this is few years after yep. wrote to his friend um george hw bush then mm, head who of was currently the head of the cia, CIA yeah. at the time to call off the investigations but yeah yeah um so so this guy george de Morenschild, was a was a friend of lee harvey oswald and there are photos of lee harvey Them oswald hanging. in his backyard with yep. a rifle and marxist yeah. propaganda or pravda or, or uh, yeah. something like, yeah he, it's yeah, quite an iconic photo of um of oswald with the uh, with the rifle and i mean it's pretty like, let's let's say let's say for a moment Oswald didn't do it. Yeah, that photo is pretty incriminating. Like, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. like come ah, on, man. So he, he, you know, he knows his stuff. Anyway, yeah. um, but I mean, it's it's fairly safe to say that it was Oswald, at least Oswald. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's so many theories that point to a second or even a third shooter. Um, that it was a conspiracy. Even the the House Commission actually came to say later on that. Uh, they believe that there was that Oswald didn't act alone. The Warren Commission say that Oswald acted alone, uh-huh. but the House Commission say that maybe there they was didn't. a conspiracy. But then, but then they've kind of backtracked on that sometimes, and then gone and said, "Oh, maybe, maybe we're wrong." Like, yeah. So, I think the standard definition of what happened was Oswald acted alone. Yeah, but remains to be one hundred percent seen, given that he was murdered two days later, and you know can't really get much closer closure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of yeah the background there. So I mean, there's a few, I guess yeah you'd say conspiracy theories or theories that have kind of 
pointed elsewhere um, than Oswald after this. So, I mean, one is the Soviets, which we just talked about then. Um, so I guess that seems like a pretty obvious choice uh, if you're looking sort of for the dark hand behind the Kennedy assassination. Um, so proponents of this theory point to two pieces of evidence. First, that the US and the Soviet Union um, were obviously engaged in the bitter Cold War. Um, and they sort of, it. yeah I know they, excuse for everything they, well they alleged that the uh, Soviet premier at the time Nikita Khrushchev Khrushchev Khrushchev, Khrushchev. Yeah, Khrushchev. damn it I'm Khrushchev oh yeah I'm not sure no no you're right Khrushchev um, I'm just bad with pronunciation Nikita Khrushchev uh, was so embarrassed by having to back down following the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, which we've touched on uh, he ordered the hit on Kennedy Um the other compelling piece of evidence is, yeah, like we said, Lee Harvey Oswald's connection to the USSR. So, um, you know, he was a former Marine. Uh, he lived there, Russian-born wife, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've gotten to that. So, um, He's a patsy. And he even said he was a patsy. He did say he was okay. a patsy because, I mean, both the Warren Commission and the House Commission uh, on assassinations found little evidence to support a Soviet, a Soviet-backed operation. But one former KGB member um, came out years later to say that Russians 100% played a role in it. But that's about all that's come out. It's just like, oh, a guy said it, but there's no, like, reports. I mean, the CIA probably buried that somewhere, but, you know. Anyway, there you go. It's all there. And, yeah, and even, like, so it was a Freedom of Information request by a journalist uh, in the last 15 years, uh, to which the CIA responded that they had over... 2,000 pages of unreleased material. Really? Um, of which they won't, you know, Ever release. release. Yeah, because of national security yeah. interests. Yeah. Um, well, I guess things are still not PG with the US. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not Soviets, uh, stuff, Russia now. There's stuff yeah. that still um, hasn't won't be released until 2029. Uh, on what? Materials to related to, like, CIA To files. the Cold War and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, assassination file, like, yeah. fi- in relation to the assassination. Yeah, you just call them. generally yeah. that haven't even been 2029. Yeah. Well, if the podcast is still going in <laughs> yeah, 2029, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll find we'll, out. We'll talk yeah. about it. Follow-up episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, what other what other sort of offshoots did you come across uh, from these conspiracies? Um, so, the multiple shooters uh, kind of theory, mm-hmm. there were a couple of figures in the Zapruda film um, and a couple of locations famously that kind of were quite popular um, so the idea of the grassy knoll so yeah well I mean that's that's a classic one that's the yeah. classic one right so instead of so so in the uh, in the um, region where he was shot um, in the uh, Dealey Plaza um, they're driving kind of along the street and he gets shot from behind from the building um, whereas the grassy knoll, which is so the Dilly Plaza is like a park, mm-hmm. um, it's triangular shaped and kind of on the outside of the triangle, if you can imagine, um, on the side of the road that the president's driving along, there's kind of like a wooded hill, a little knoll um, on which there were met plenty of people standing and filming. The Zapruder film was filmed nearby yep. from the grassy knoll. Yeah, because um, the Zapruder film was like kind of street level, but a little bit elevated. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Exactly. So it was alleged that there were shooters placed on the grassy knoll um according to some uh witnesses that you know had heard shots from that location and seen gun smoke so um of the 104 dealey plaza ear witness reports mm-hmm. ear witness here um published by the commission uh 56 recorded testimony that they heard at least one shot fired from the depository or from near um that area uh and 35 Witnesses recorded testimony of at least one shot fired from the direction of the grassy knoll or the triple underpass located to the right and front of the president, so coming from a different direction. Mm. And the fact that the number of shots um, 
was within five to seven seconds of each other and quite accurate. People kind of said, mm, there's no way one person could have done that. Yeah, and I think the, um, the I guess, the military, like, marksman who um, demonstrated the use of the bolt-action rifle that uh, Oswald was said to have used um, during the recreation of the case for the trial, mm-hmm. uh, he said that, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but along the lines of, um, um, for a marksman to take a shot um, recoup, line up the next shot for a moving target, uh, and pick off another well placed shot. It takes two and a quarter seconds, and this is a five second period where there was three shots heard, and mm. the last two were kind of clustered as well. They were way closer than two point, you know, two and a, two and a quarter seconds. Yeah. yeah um. So that that points to. I mean, it's a it's a bolt action rifle. So you've got to you got to pick up a shot, then you got to bolt action reload, yeah. and then pick off another shot. So it's not like you can fire in quick succession. That's right. Um, and and so in 79, the, ha- the House Select Committee agreed to publish a report from the critic of the Warren Commission. So we're starting to get some you know, characters that may or may not be the most mm. appropriate. But yeah. uh, he named nearly two dozen suspected firing points in Dilly Plaza. These sites included multiple locations in or on the roof of the uh, book depository, the Daltex building, which is behind it, the Dallas County Records Building, as well as a railroad overpass, a storm drain located along the north curb of Elm Street, and various spots near the Grassy Knoll. Now, I imagine if there were multiple shooters, they wouldn't all be standing all over the place because that would have kind of been noticeable had there been like two dozen different shooters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so that idea that there were multiple shooters uh, kind of became quite popular, and there were some characters. Um, that were suspected that were appearing this is where it kind of got ridiculous Mm. Uh, yeah we're kind of descending here uh, into chaos Uh, there were some characters in the Zapruder film that people kind of pointed out and said what the hell is that guy doing there so there was there was the Umbrella Man Umbrella Man yep Yep. so a guy standing on the road uh, or nearby the president who had a black umbrella which according to people, made no sense because it wasn't a rainy day. Yeah. Um, and, and he was opening and closing it as well. Yeah, that so was no... Thing, so. Exactly. Um, and I think they got in contact with him oh, really? in interviews and he said that he was protesting... Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I read this a couple of weeks ago. He was um, protesting... Was oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, he was protesting something where umbrellas were involved. There you go. Under Umbrella it, production in it was, Japan. It was essentially just, yeah, it was a... It was a he was protesting something and it's yeah. just unfortunate just like, that he was protesting something that was being filmed also when an assassination happened god it, it uh would be at least he wasn't like you know second amendments kind of gun activist yeah, rights yeah, guy god, staying yeah, exactly. well i guess he wouldn't have got there um, in the first place but. You, you mentioned it before what was this uh or not on the podcast but before we started recording what was this babushka lady okay yeah so there's the babushka lady's a, a famous uh character or person that appears in the zapruder film um, she she's a, a lady identity to this day unknown who is standing there filming um, in the film filming the president after getting shot she's wearing like a, a headscarf mm-hmm. uh, that makes her look like a babushka babushka is like Russian for grandmother looks yeah. like an old Russian woman um, and when the shots are fired and everyone falls to the ground she just kind of stands there and doesn't move at all and so people have always wondered like oh who is this lady she's dressed like a Russian are the Russians involved are the Russians involved who is yeah. she <laughs> um, so you can kind of see here drawing some odd uh, links uh, but but yeah they've never found um, kind of the this lady someone came forward at some point and said claimed to be the babushka lady years afterwards um, oh really 
and people and Kodak employees who were um, deposed said that a, a lady in her early 30s had approached them and claiming to have footage of the... So this is... Uh, I guess these are the employees who um, developed the Zapruder film? Is this what you're getting at? Uh, no, just independent, like oh, people... Okay. Just, just people working at film development. Um, uh, film development oh, just, development to, get their, store. just to get their take yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, there's no known, like, uh, link or no, like, uh, suggested kind of cause that she might have had with the assassination but she's just a mysterious figure mysterious that appears figure that in, was there. The, in the film there's also um, one where uh, the um, oh, what is it the, uh, the the black dog man who are, so, so the grassy knoll has a bunch of trees on it yeah and a lot of people spend a lot of time just analysing the footage and they of, saw of the grassy knoll area yeah, yeah exactly they saw a, a, a man that was I don't know dark skinned mm-hmm. and Again, oh, who's he? He's not doing anything. Yeah. Who, you know, we need to account for him. Um, and then it was alleged that there was just like a, a black couple that was there at the time and it just could have been that, them and they were just picnicking at the this, time. This is one of those things, right? I, I listen, um, I mean, you, you know it as well, but I listen a lot to uh, a true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. And uh, often it's talked about um, in kind of, I guess, cases where things are. I guess covered up like say you know like someone murders their family and then they call the police and say oh you know uh, two black men stormed my house and like there's always like the black guy scapegoat yeah and it's just this I guess it's a, a cultural thing you know with I guess the I guess entrenched racism left over from slavery and all that kind of stuff in America which we're not going to get into but it's just that thing it's like there's always in everything it's like oh there was a weird there was a you know, suspicious looking dark man yeah like it's such a bullshit thing yeah. like anyway Especially um, with this stuff, where it's such grainy footage, and like there's so many people there being like, "No, there was they weren't there." What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. Um, but the, it was the man with the umbrella and the babushka. Lady. Yeah, yeah, the Russians are involved. They're all the black men. Like <laughs> they're all yeah. connected. Yeah. Um, but like one of the there's also this one where a, a badge man mm-hmm. who was dressed up uh, as a impersonating as a police officer who was alleged to have been there as well really? on the grassy knoll. Ooh, I didn't yeah. know that one. Um, and what did he? He appears in the footage as well, but there's no links. You know, there's no claimed links mm. whether they were involved or not. Yeah. The biggest one was that there were um, that there were figures pretending to be Secret Service or were just kind of these guys that were on the grassy knoll. Oh, is uh, this like underneath the overpass area, and they were just like milling about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. who people allege were um CIA mm. related people. Yeah. Um, so one of the main links to the CIA as a conspiracy theory, you know, that the CIA were involved mm. was that um, after, in 1967, mm-hmm. um, a, a businessman was uh, kind of arrested for links to conspire to kill the president and he, it was, it was revealed that this man, um, Clay Shaw, I think his name was, mm-hmm. um, had business links with a CIA front uh, operation in that was distributing like material in Italy against like for for political espionage, um, and so his his purported links with the CIA kind of started people thinking you know oh, was the CIA involved in the assassination? Yeah. Um, yes, I don't know. If well, you've... well, I've got a f- I got a few things here actually, which I mean we're we're kind of getting up to you know time, but I'll um one of the other things like I long story short, you know you're trying to get 
information for this podcast and you should type in JFK assassination theories and you know you get the there's so many like listicles where it has it but you know I, I pulled a few um, and these ones are the ones that come up time and time again and you know there's a little bit of info so let me let me just touch on them quickly uh, and one is uh, another one is the CIA so yeah in nearly every theory that involves uh, American conspirators um, be they wealthy industrialists or tough as nails mafioso uh, one group is routinely represented the CIA um, so basically I think what the uh, author of that article is saying is that the fucking cia is doing everything according to everyone in america um so yeah the central intelligence agency is an easy boogeyman uh boogeyman for this one so it's workings and agents are secret to most americans and the agency in the 1960s had a reputation for high level public assassinations one theory suggests that oswald was a cia operative and agents tampered with his fbi file before and after the investigation to make it appear he was communist and a lone wolf uh, in its 1978 report, the House Select Committee on Assassination, which we've talked about a lot, uh, found that there was no indication that Oswald had ever had contact with the agency. But let me play the conspiracy theorist devil's advocate right now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> of course there wouldn't be. Why would there be record of it? It's the fucking CIA. Like, of course they cover it up. Unless they wanted you to think that they were stupid. Oh my God, it goes so deep. Um... Another great one uh, is that that LBJ was behind it. So, Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, so he was the vice president at the time. And the conspiracy goes that he was belie- he believed or he had good information that he was going to be dropped uh, as the Democratic on the Democratic ticket for mm-hmm. the president in the 64 election. Because, yeah, this is what, uh, what Kennedy was doing in Dallas. He was on the sort of like pre-election trail. Uh, yeah, he was trying to get re-elected for a second uh, second term yeah yeah and so like in and, and it was it was documented that um in conversations with jfk's like um secretary that he wasn't planning on keeping johnson mm. as the vice president he wanted another senator yeah. um kind of pushing uh or you know he had claimed that there, he was pushing for you know perhaps a, a peace settlement with the soviet union of some sort yeah. um you know the vietnam war he wasn't in favor of and so yeah. lyndon b johnson perhaps had some, well, some was, link well was saying that members of the CIA and wealthy tycoons uh, were believed to who would believe to uh, be profiting uh, under a Johnson president um, yep. they kind of backed him one financially two from a CIA perspective uh, and then yeah well I mean according to the theory uh, Johnson was aided uh, in the plot by another man who would become president George H.W. Bush who was like we said at the time um, well, at the time he was a burgeoning CIA official uh, who happened to be a Dallas on the day of the assassination, uh, he then became very shortly huh. after the head of the CIA, and he was in Dallas that what? day. Um, what? So uh, that's another Bush involved with another yeah uh, conspiracy. Which Lizard person, maybe. CIA. Well, uh, and nine eleven, you know, jet fuel can't melt. Yeah, steel beams. Bush beams. <laughs> Bush beams. Um, no, and 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 so Bo- uh, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson yeah. rang or was claimed to have rung the hospital that. Uh, or, or the jail or something that Lee Harvey Oswald was mm-hmm. being held at before he was killed to ask about his testimony or something. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and there was no evidence that he had ever... Um, talked to him prior. Talked to him prior. Mm-hmm. Or, but but um, subsequent, like, investigations of, like, the White House switchboard and stuff never yep. caught, found any evidence that he'd run. Oh, okay. So it was so a bit of hearsay, but, yeah, yeah again. Um, um, and, and another one was... So another theory was the, the military-industrial complex was opposed to oh, really? George W. Uh, sorry, to George Bush's war. No, <laughs> yeah. JF, uh, to JFK potentially dropping out of Vietnam, and yep. so they organised to kind of uh, keep 
keep on uh, keeping keep, on. Keep on keeping on because as Eisenhower said at the end of World War Two, you know, the military industrial complex is this dangerous thing and yeah. it's, you know, amassing all this power. And so, yeah, essentially to avoid dropping out of the Vietnam War or, you know, um, getting, yeah. not getting involved, uh, yeah, they, they were to blame as well. I, um, you're, you're, you're a fan of mafia films, right? Yeah, or great. just that general culture, like yep. yeah, Scorsese fan. Yep. This is, I think, probably my favorite theory. Uh, the mafia. Yes, I love it. Yep, it's a good yep. one. So, um, this much we know is true. The CIA had contacts with organized crime families to discuss assassinating the president. Only the president was Cuba's Fidel Castro, not Kennedy. Uh, so at the time, the CIA uh, was regularly talking to the head of the families, um, and you know, call it what you will, they were they were chatting. Uh, the mob was heavily invested in casinos and other lucrative investments in Cuba before Castro's communist re- uh, revolution, um, according to one iteration of the theory. I've seen The Godfather too. You have. Uh, Kennedy botched the Bay of Pigs invasion, ending any hopes of American organized crime returning to Cuba and enraging the mafia. Furthermore, the mob did not like Kennedy's uh, crusading younger brother, uh, Attorney General at the time, Robert Kennedy, uh, and hoped that the younger brother would lose his influence uh, if his brother was killed. Um, and wasn't Bob Kennedy assassinated as yes, well? Maybe that's how we'll get into 68. Yeah. There we are. Um, I don't know much about that one, actually. Maybe I should not. read into it. Um, one version of the theory has that the CIA, uh, who had already contacted the mob about killing Castro, asking the mafia to carry out sorry they'd already been in contact with the mob um about killing castro and then all that fell through they were like um well why why don't you just do kennedy instead um uh, and in another version the mob is uh paid to kill kennedy by anti-castro cubans um so many proponents of this conspiracy theory point to jack ruby the dallas nightclub owner um who uh had known mafia connections uh in in dallas um, who was the one who killed Lee Harvey Oswald two days after his arrest. Uh, the Warren Commission cleared the Mafia from involvement in any such plot. Of course they did. The House Committee on Assassination found that the Mafia was not involved in a conspiracy, but did not rule out that individuals with mob ties were part of the plot. So again, this is the Warren Commission saying, nope, no plot, nothing. And the House Commission uh, saying that, yeah, there was definitely a plot, we just don't know what it was. <laughs> so, yeah. I like I like the mafia theory. Yeah, that's and then good. that ties in. There's the theory that the Cubans were doing it as well. My two brief favorite ones. Uh, first, um, given that apparently uh, after the shooting, Lee Harvey Oswald consumed a can of pop or Coca Cola. There was alleged to yeah. be <laughs> Coca Cola conspiracy. Whether he had mental disability, uh, mental impairments due to his sugar fix that caused him to assassinate the president. I don't know whether Coca-Cola was involved in that or not. Well, and maybe in the early days of Coca-Cola when yeah, it was full of cocaine. Cocaine, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the other one was uh, Joe DiMaggio, the famous oh, really? baseballer yeah, yeah, who had married Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. He, to his deathbed, believed that the Kennedys were involved in her assassination because yeah, allegedly was... she had heard a lot about um, yeah, she had a policies. close personal right. relationship, uh, and... which is well-documented, but like... Uh, the 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 facts are not really clear about how about the relationship that she had with the Kennedys. That's but, right. Yeah. So in a double conspiracy, yeah. He so he figured that there was a conspiracy to kill Marilyn Monroe, and yeah. there was a conspiracy, therefore, that he had conspired to uh, order the assassination of yeah. JFK. So a bit of a double conspiracy there. So, but the thing is, like Joe DiMaggio, from what I know, is was kind of a piece of shit in that relationship. Like the the her, uh, sorry. 
uh, Munro and DiMaggio just didn't have a good relationship. They're only together for a couple of years. It was like nine months, I think. Yeah, it yeah was, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was like it was very tumultuous. And like the fact that he's being like, oh no, the the president's going to assassinate my, you know, my nine month, not nine month old, but nine months yeah. wife. You know, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, knocked so that, that one out of the park, didn't you, DiMaggio? Yeah, oh, baseball boom. reference, <laughs> sports, uh, points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've got here, I think the most surprising thing actually after reading this particular one, mm-hmm. this particular assassination, was the, the list of presidents that had either been assassinated uh, or attempted or had an attempt at their assassination. Uh, so if I can read out quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, there have been the presidents that have been assassinated mm-hmm. uh, Abraham Lincoln, James Garfield, William McKinley, JFK. Yep. The assassination attempts on presidents, here we go. Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. William Taft, Theodore Roosevelt, Herbert Hoover, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry Truman, JFK in a separate incident where a guy apparently drove up with a like a truck full of dynamite. Oh, really? Um yeah, um because and, and he didn't do it because he saw allegedly he saw his uh, JFK bid farewell to his like wife and children mm-hmm. and said no I'm not going to do I it. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah got caught up. Uh, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. So, so basically, <laughs> actually, most, it comes with the job. I did read a stat the other day that, and if you think about it, it makes sense. The job with the highest mortality rate in America is the president. Highest mortality rate? In, in terms of percentage-wise. Yeah, percentage-wise. Yeah, right, Because, right, I mean, right. yeah, we're talking percentages here, but right. the job with the highest mortality rate by percentages is president of the united states in in america Jeez. um all right well i mean i think we've i think we've delved into it uh a fair amount there there's um i mean we didn't really get into the magic bullet theory but that like watch the seinfeld episode have you seen the magic <laughs> yeah. loogie uh, no, i know i don't know if i've seen that one oh, it's fantastic actually oh, no actually, i have yeah. i have i have yeah um basically very quickly magic bullet theory is because they were saying that the one bullet went through Kennedy's back, out his throat, and then into um, Connolly, uh, and then kind of bounce around Connolly for a while, and then like ended. You know, it's it just it's a magic bullet. It's a magic bullet. Um, I don't see how that like how does that change anything? Like, why is that a conspiracy theory? Well, what they're what they're saying, is, I think, from that point of view, people um, are disputing how many shots were actually fired. Yeah, because right, right. I mean, oh, because they were like, oh, it they're had like, to it had to be a different. Bullet. Well, it had to be a different bullet. Like, yeah. how could one bullet? do so much damage because I mean every ricochet you lose a significant amount of power from a bullet yeah I mean I know it's a high powered rifle but yeah look I don't know but like yeah right um, like he it, shattered it his literally ricocheted through like, through like Connolly's body like it, yeah. it went in like into it's his back in, out his lung into his wrist into his femur and then eventually the bullet was found on the gurney that um, that uh, uh, Connolly was on in the the hospital wasn't it just found in the car or anything like, oh, it geez. just fell out of his leg on the gurney like Anyway, that's I, I find that one to be pretty interesting because it's like I don't know maybe, maybe that's maybe that's how a bullet would work, but physics wise, it doesn't really sound like it. Yeah. Um, my favorite theory. No, no, it's not really a theory. It's just a scene from X Men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where Magneto takes the bullet. Yeah. Um, I just want to finish up with uh, we're talking about uh, Zapruder. I mean, like obviously, I have a keen interest in the film side of it because I think it's very interesting, and this also brings us up a bit more modern as well. Um. 
So basically media interest in the footage uh, was like pretty great. So uh, in his 2001 book, Tell Me a Story, CBS producer Don Hewitt said that he had told a news correspondent, Dan Rather, to go to Zapruder's house to, quote, sock him in the jaw, take the film, copy it, and then return it to let the network's lawyers deal with the consequences. Sir, are you sure about sucking him in the jaw? Just do it! Just fucking do it! Uh, According to Hewitt, uh, he realised his mistake after ending their telephone conversation, immediately called Rather back to uh, counter... Countermand? Is that a word? There you go. Uh, Countermand the order. Uh, In a 2015 interview with Opie with John Norton, uh, Rather stated that the story was a myth, uh, but I like to think it's true. Uh, On the morning of the November 23, so the day after the assassination, CBS lost the bidding for the footage uh, to Life Magazine's $150,000 offer. Rather was the first to report on the footage on national television after seeing it, although the inaccuracies in his description would contribute to many conspiracy theories about the assassination. Because he, he, he saw the footage and then just talked about it and wasn't, like, wasn't analysing it frame by frame, he just saw it. Um, frame 313 of the film depicts the fatal shot to the president's head. After having a nightmare in which he saw a sign in Times Square, New York City read, See the President's Head Explode, Zapruder insisted that frame 313 be excluded from publication. The November 29, 1963 issue of Life, which featured the Life logo in a black box instead of in its usual red box um, as a memorial, um, published about 30 frames of Zapruder uh, film in black and white. Frames were also published in colour in the December 6, 1963 special Day of Kennedy, mem- sorry, John F. Kennedy Memorial Edition, and in issues dated October 2, 1964, a special article on the film and the Warren Commission report, uh, November 25, oh, sorry, that was, it was also done then, and then November 25, 1966, November 24, 1967. So basically what I'm trying to get at is that everyone was publishing this fucking horrific footage. Um, mm. And Zapruder was one of at least 32 people in Delhi Plaza uh, known to have made film or still photographs uh, at or around the time of the shooting. So it's a very well-documented mm. incident um, for the time. I mean, relatively primitive uh, cameras and photography, not so much. I mean, still photography then. There was, you know, it's kind of classic. Yep. Um, but I mean, all the footage was either Super 8 if it was uh, handheld or it was like long-distance news stuff um mm-hmm. broadcast stuff so and to this day like the the whole dealy plaza is kind of a bit of a memorial like they haven't kind of oh is it they haven't really changed it yeah much? they haven't really changed yeah, it much I'm, as a yeah, result I, I wasn't really thinking about it's that but i can imagine it. yeah it would be yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go and see it I, yeah. I think it'd be interesting yeah just, um, just moral yeah. story just don't don't shoot don't do it people no you've got elections use <laughs> them instead yeah please please <laughs> um don't go to Russia. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we just lost our Russian data, uh, audience base. Um, yeah, so there we go. That's uh, that's JFA. Um, yeah. JF- goes deep. It does. We only scratched the surface. We did. I think that was a long episode, though. I've got to look at the time. Um, alrighty. Cool. Well, yeah. Have you got anything else? Any housekeeping? No? Uh, no, that's nothing, it. I'm nothing looking forward to our next episode. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to people giving us more feedback on this. It's, nah, it's kind of exciting. Nah, I love you all. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's kind of exciting um, now that it's, you know, not just us chatting to each other in a room. It's actually, you know, people yeah. can listen to it. There's fucking, um, oh, I should I should have brought this up earlier, but there is people. Uh, let's there see if I can people. talk and do the same yeah. thing at the same time. There are people listening to this that aren't in Australia, which I find hey. very interesting. So I want to shout out. Let's go to the stats. I just here. want like a precautionary, like, sorry for like the, a lot of the conspiracy theories are picking up a base in America. Please, any American listeners, we love you. We're not. 
Yeah, we should well, do, we we should do Australian stuff. We don't, yeah. Yeah, I knew it. We have, we've had one listen from the Russian Federation. Hey. Uh, a couple from Switzerland, actually, so I don't know who's listening to that. Uh, um, and five, fri- five, uh, five listeners from the United States. Hey. Uh, I mean, look, they're tiny numbers. Day, mate. But we've, we've had a few. Um, that was cringeworthy. That, was that your Australian accent, was it? Yeah, that was. Wow. G'day, yeah. mate. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I feel uh, like we should mention as well that at some point in the near future, we might dive into uh, <laughs> more Australian uh, content. Um, so, yeah, if there's stuff that, uh, as a listener, you want to hear us talk about, um, email us at ofmpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, I'm going away for a couple of weeks, so we're recording a couple of these back to back and we'll, we'll whack them up online. But um, stay tuned. There'll be, there'll be more stuff coming out, uh, coming out soon. Anything else? No, that's... I think you got it. All right. Well, stay safe. Yep. People, that is. Don't ride in motorcades. If you're a lizard person, you watch yeah, out. Maybe if you're a lizard person... Maybe photos. Maybe you, if you're a lizard person, fucking get in a car. Yeah. Uh, motorcade. Yeah. Put some sunnies on. <laughs> no red eye. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? <clears throat> All right, lizard peeps out. You. <laughs>